You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Belinda Mulder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. My secret place is a sacred place. What does that mean, church? It means your heart is your secret place. Many of us have many things in our heart that nobody knows about, right? Who knows your thoughts except Jesus? Who knows what you are dealing with, what you are going through except Jesus? It's your secret place. It's the place that belongs only to you, your heart, right? And God is saying that heart is a sacred place. Because what we value in our heart is what we're going to become. Do you know that? What you value in your heart is what you're going to become. And that is what, what is going before God. Amen? This morning, I want to ask you, when you look at somebody... What do you value most? Do you value what they look like? Do you value what they're wearing? Do you value their cars? Is there more value on somebody that has more material things than somebody who has less? Do you value a position? Do you value an occupation? What do you value when you look at people? This is my question to you this morning. Because when God looks at you, He doesn't look on the outside. What He values most is within your heart. We can have the most beautiful clothes on. We can drive the most beautiful cars and live in those beautiful homes. But if our hearts are not sorted out, when God looks at us, we are empty. Amen? Amen. It's like having a car without an engine. What does that mean? We can have the most beautiful Ferrari parked outside. And if there's no engine, does that car mean anything? Amen? Or eating the most beautiful dish and it looks lovely on the outside. And as soon as you eat it, tastes horrible that is us on the outside when we adorn ourselves we make ourselves pretty on the outside but do we make ourselves pretty on the inside amen because the outside job says one day we're going to lay this body down from dust to dust all our material things everything that's important to us everything that we take of worth that we are fighting for isn't doesn't create corruption and evil all come for the, the, the the need for material wealth Stealing, killing, and destroying to want more of something that doesn't even mean anything. Our lives, we look at everything around us and we pursue so many things in the natural. But one day when we die, that means nothing. Is anybody taking a car to heaven? (laughs) Amen? Are you taking your most beautiful dress to heaven? Are you taking your most beautiful jewelry to heaven? You are taking but your heart to heaven, which is the true you. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, my secret place is a sacred place. This is why it's so important to look after the secret place. Amen? Why must we look after the secret place? Because it determines your whole life. Everything you're striving for in the natural is going to disappear. Every car, every home, when you go into eternity, you go as you've come. All our striving, when we come into God's presence, we so easily want. Lord, I want, I want, I want. Who doesn't, who doesn't go like that sometimes? Lord, please, break through. Break through, Jesus. I'm here for breakthrough. Lord, I'm here for healing. Lord, I want. Lord, Lord, really, increase my money that I can increase my home, that I can increase my car. And then the newest car comes on, I want the newest car. The newest home comes on, I want the newest home. And our world around us is based on material things. And that is the cause of all killing, stealing, and destroying. 
Why are people getting killed and destroyed and for material things? It's the root of all evil, people. The, the love of God is the root of everything. When we come into his presence, we must come complete. Complete. Because we are three parts. Body, soul, and spirit. Turn to your neighbor and say, your secret place is a sacred place. I want to read 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 23 to you. It says, from here on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. It's not the right place, it's the right heart. This school hall is a school hall. But when we come with hearts of worship, God comes. Amen? It says, from now on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshipers who worship him and adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. The realm of the spirit and in truth. God wants your heart. God always looks at the heart. If we look at David, can you imagine what heart he had to have to face Goliath? Elijah, what heart he had to have to face all those prophets of doom? Gideon, amen? Yes, Gideon hiding away in the threshold, and, the, and, the, and this angel comes and says, Mighty man, he's just speaking God's heart. He didn't come and say, You coward. God says, Get up and walk. Go, go take the land. God's heart was revealed there. He said, Mighty man. He says, Go and possess the city. Our Jesus' heart once again was shown in Peter. Yes, Peter, he messes up over and over again. And what is our Father's heart? He says, you know what? Failure is not detrimental. Get up and run again. Church, that is, your, that is a word for you this morning. We're not like the world. When things knock us down, we don't lie down. We get up and we run again. We run into our arms of our Father. When we have sinned, when we have moved away from Him, we just move closer again. Amen? Amen? Because it took courage for David to face Goliath. It took courage for Elijah to face the prophets. It took courage for Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego to go into the fire. Young people, it takes courage to be a, a woman and a, and a man of God. A young woman and a young man of God. Because the world says this way and God says this way. The world says, take this easy way. Become a part of everything. It's easy. What's this church in any case? Jesus says, you know what? My, my, my path is narrow, but it leads to life. Everything the world offers now is taking you to death. The devil gives nothing for free, church. Nothing. Nothing. He will give you temporary satisfaction to claim your soul. Is that worth it in the end? What can the devil give you that God cannot give you? God can only give you life. God can give you eternal life. The devil, he wants to destroy you. Amen? So young people, I want to encourage you this morning. The youth. Be those young people that stand up and fight for God. Those young people, they don't choose to be part of the, the flow. You know, just go with the flow. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? And I heard a new word this week, orky. It's apparently awkward. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Young people, I'm trying, okay? I'm really trying. So I heard orky this week. So <laughs> sometimes to be a child of God means that we have to be kind of orky. Hallelujah. But the reward of serving God is so much more. The, the reward of serving God brings you peace. Amen. It brought peace to David when he faced Goliath. 
David didn't go in as a scared young man. Mary, bearing Jesus, can you imagine? She was a young person like you. She wasn't scared. She said, Lord, let it be according to your will. Can you imagine how you can change this world if just this one row of young people say, Lord, let it be according to your will. I'm not choosing the way that's easy. I'm choosing to serve you because you know what, church, to serve God costs you. It costs you time and effort to serve the Lord because how can you serve a God you don't know? He's our great shepherd. If we don't spend time at his feet, how do we know his voice? Right? He's our great shepherd. The, the, the Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord. The most sovereign, holy, incredible master of the universe chooses to be my shepherd. Is that not just enough to humble us? It puts us in our place as well, right? The Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd. Do you know your shepherd's voice? Are you aware of him? Is your heart filled with his presence? Some people say, I don't feel the Lord's presence. I don't know his voice. Okay, I'm going to help you this morning, right? Because we know what keeps the Holy Spirit away. Our heart is like a landing strip, okay? So the airplane must come in and land in our hearts. So God comes this morning with his cargo of peace, joy, prosperity, answers, blessing in a big airplane and he needs to land. Has anybody seen a landing strip? Tell me, is there anything on that landing strip? Anything. Are there vehicles standing on that landing strip? Are there people standing on that landing strip? But you know what we do, church? God comes with his cargo. And then if I had to put chairs here, here's our landing strip. Can you bring me those three chairs, please? The landing strip of our hearts, that secret place. Thank you. Here's our landing strip, church. And what do we do? Yeah, God comes with his airplane of blessing, his cargo of peace, of joy. God's coming. He's here. He said he's here. We come to church. We want something from God. Amen? But what do we do? In our hearts, on our landing strip, we put a fence. Right? Then we put our own will, our own plans. And we put all different things on our landing strip. Whatever that is, you know what's on your landing strip. And God comes with his airplane, but he cannot land. He wants to bless you. He's here. Some church, some church services he lands, but he has to take off because God does not share a place with something else. So many times people feel the Holy Spirit and they live in this like the Holy Spirit has left me. Go check your landing strip. Amen? It's not God. It's not God. God has told you forgive. God has told you let go. God has told you don't hold anything against anybody. God has told you put your will down and take my cross. You know, in, with a shepherd and sheep, it was very interesting. I read about a real shepherd and sheep to learn a little about a sheep and about shepherds, right? And um, when a sheep comes into a fold, that shepherd would take the sheep and he would actually mark their ear with like a blade, either in a circle or a triangle or a square or whatever his sign was. Because when the sheep sometimes merged with other sheep, he could just look over the sheep and he could find his sheep just merely by looking at his ears. Isn't that amazing? Our shepherd's mark on us should be the cross. When our shepherd looks over you, does he see the cross? Amen? 
your landing strip this morning, church. What is your landing strip? What is in that secret place in your heart? Is it sacred? Is it a place where the Holy Spirit will feel welcome? Because our God does not share a landing strip with other things. Amen? What are those obstacles you've placed on your landing strip to keep the Holy Spirit out? Amen? We need to quiet our hearts sometimes and say, God, what is that? Lord, I let it go. Pain of the past, church. Anxiety, fear. It's all little obstacles you place on your landing strip. And God cannot take the place with something else. He is the only place. Amen? Would you like to come into Oortombu and you see cars standing on the runway? <laughs> and the airplane must land. My Jesus. Hallelujah. Who, would, who wouldn't like to see that, right? But God comes in and he has to look at all these things that he hasn't placed there. And not even the devil. You've done it all by yourself. We always say, oh, the devil, the devil. You know, what we do is we first, if we don't see the blessing and breakthrough of God, we start running around looking for it. Amen? We start looking at for other places, more anointing water, more oil, different churches, different prophets, different preachers, different whoever. Just find it somewhere. Okay? And then we don't get it, so we get irritated with God. God, you don't give it to me. I've gone everywhere. Where else can I go? Huh? Is, am I speaking to the right people? Right? We get irritated with God and then we get deceived because we start believing lies. We start believing that going to a Samgoma is a good thing. Or we start believing that, you know what, one or two corruption in the business is okay. Right? Or we start believing, you know what, one little offense, really, seriously, I can handle one. Amen? You, you don't know what this person did to me. You don't know what this auntie did to me. <laughs> I've heard that often. You don't know what this auntie's done to me, right? Do you know what you've done to Jesus Christ? And you want to keep the auntie in front of Jesus. Amen? You expect him to forgive you over and over and over again. But you want to keep that one thing in your heart. Because you can handle it. Church, you cannot handle it. You were never made for sin. You were never made to handle sin. You were made to handle the presence of Jesus. You were made to handle blessing. You were made to handle abundance. You were made to handle Jesus himself. He wants to dwell with you in the Holy Spirit. That is what you were made to handle. But now you choose these stinking obstacles to stand on your runway. Right? And you want God to land with a cargo plane of blessing. Where is he going to land? <laughs> Amen? Young people... Don't get offended with God when God doesn't do what you think he should do when he should do it. God has got his way. He is God. He's our shepherd. He's our leader. And he knows the future. You don't. We don't know the future. Many times we want something from God, but he's actually saving us by not giving it to us. Amen? We need to trust him. But you know what? Our, our picture of God is so small that we cannot trust him. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? It's because we don't believe that he can do it. I need to do it, God. And I need to tell you how it happens. I told the band on Thursday night that there was a Coke light bottle there. I said, it's like the Coke light bottle telling the Coca-Cola company, I do not want to be shipped to Durban. Can you please ship me to Cape Town? And I want to go in a small batch. And when I arrive there, I want a really cold fridge. What is the Coca-Cola company going to think of the bottle? <laughs> But we do that with God. We think we can go to God and just 
tell him how things are going to work. And he made us. He didn't just make us. He died for us. And church, can I tell you something else? He's interceding for you day in and day out that you will finish strong. That makes him the Lord, the God, the, the, the supreme, almighty, everything in your life. He didn't just do it once. He's still doing it every single day. Jesus is going before the Father with his blood and saying, My people, my people, let my blood speak for my people. He didn't just die and forget about you. Amen. He created you. He died for you. And now he's interceding for you. This is the God you serve. You don't think he can maybe be okay tomorrow, next day. He knows the next month, the next year. He knows your future. But we don't trust him. We don't trust his hand because we don't know his hand. Turn to your neighbor and say, your secret place is a sacred place. How do we know his hand, church? We fill our secret place with the sacred. We fill that secret place with his presence. We say, God, come fill me with your presence. Lord, I lay it all down again. You're all I want, Jesus. You're all I want, Lord. I'm sorry, I've slipped up again. And God says, come. He's more ready to take you back. He's interceding for you every day. Why would he not take you back? But we think our ugliness and our, and our pain is too much for God. And we cannot come to him. And he's saying, come. Come, I'm interceding for that. I'm before the Father presenting my blood. Saying, Lord, look at what I've done for these people. And when God looks at us, he looks through the blood of Jesus. The best, somebody said to me the other day, the only time God has a memory loss is when you say sorry, because the Bible says he doesn't remember everything you do wrong and everything you should be doing and couldn't do and wouldn't do. At the minute you come and say sorry, he's then got a very good, he doesn't remember. It says he throws that memory in the furthest part of the ocean. So we come again and we say, Lord, I've messed up again. And the Lord says, oh, what did you mess up on? Lord, I've done it again. And the Lord says again. Amen. Young people run for God. There's enough potential in one road to change a nation. But young people need to have courage again. You need to stand up and have courage to stand for God when the world says this way. It takes courage to say, I love my Jesus. It takes courage to say, I lay my life down. My life is not my own. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, your secret place is a sacred place. It belongs to God. Amen. Amen. People of God, we come to the Lord and we say, Lord, be my everything. But to be my everything, you have to give him your everything. Amen. Amen. We have to give him our everything. We have to come before him. Let's look at Luke 6, verse 37 and 38. In the Passion Translation, it says, Jesus said, forsake the habit of criticizing and judging others. And then you will not be criticized and judged in return. Don't look at others and pronounce them guilty. And you will not experience guilty accusations yourself. Forgive over and over and you will be forgiven over and over. Do you hear the words of Jesus? Forsake the habit of criticizing and judging others. Your secret place. Many times we don't criticize and judge with our words, but in our hearts. That secret place. 
you're judging somebody, you're criticizing somebody. Don't have to say it. It's just between me and me. Amen? Am I speaking to the right people? Because we're all running this race, church. We all have to choose life every day. He says, don't look at others and pronounce them guilty, and you will experience guilt, and you will not experience guilty accusations yourself. Then Jesus says, forgive. What does he say? Over and over, and you will be forgiven. Over and over. Take the obstacles off your runway, of your secret place, church. Our heart is so precious. It's such a precious, precious place for the Holy Spirit. Don't let a fight or human flesh have the liberty to take the presence of Jesus away. It's not worth it. Amen? Is it worth it to keep that grudge? Because, you know, later on, after you get deceived, remember, I told you you first um, start asking God for what you want and you don't get it, so you got to start running around for your breakthrough. Then after that, you get actually irritated with God when he doesn't give you what you want. Then you get deceived. You know what's the next step, church? You start making imaginary enemies. <laughs> Amen? Everybody becomes an enemy. And you just imagine so much more. Everything somebody says is something against you. Everything somebody does is something against you. Oh, my word, did you see how she looked at me? I just know what she was thinking. <laughs> how do you know? <laughs> Amen? Because sin progresses. You just were, were looking for breakthrough and you weren't getting it, so you started walking around. You started running around. Then you didn't get it, so you just got a little irritated with God because God should be listening to the Coke bottle. Right? Amen? Are you with me? Okay, and then after that you get deceived. So you start believing what's wrong is right. What does it mean to be deceived? I believe what's wrong is right. So I believe it's totally fine to hold this offense in my heart. There's nothing wrong with it. I so deserve it. They just so deserve just to go to hell. Right? Do we go and pray for them and pray every blessing we want in our lives over into their lives? Me neither. I need to get that better right, right? We need to go before God and pray all the blessings that we want when we are angry at somebody or when somebody criticizes us. So we get deceived. After that, we start making imaginary enemies because this is now living in our secret place. Our secret place, Holy Spirit has said, oh, I can't live with this. If you choose this, I have to go. So you're not going to feel my presence. And it's not my fault. And it's not the devil's fault. Amen? Because God has told us, forgive over and over again. He's told us. It's straight. We don't even have to wonder. He said, forgive over and over again. So if somebody forgives me, one of our new halls in the new church is called 70 times 7. It's our first-time visitor's hall. Can you imagine? You know why that is our first-time visitor's hall? Because we're going to teach them that you forgive someone 70 times 7 over in a day. It's the scripture, right? Amen? So anybody coming into HFC, our way is we have to forgive. Over and over and over again. Because we don't want to take that secret place and give it to something else. Amen? HOC secret place belongs to God. Amen? So you get deceived. So you start believing lies. You start seeing enemies. And unforgiveness sets in. And then what happens, church? The presence of God is not there. He hasn't left you. He's coming with his cargo plane circling over and over and over because his heart is to bless you. His heart is to give you abundance. His heart is, that cargo plane is loaded 
But because you have placed obstacles in the, in the, on, the, on the runway, he can't land. And then you're angry at God. Amen? So I want to encourage you this morning. Your secret place is a sacred place. Turn to your neighbor and say, my secret place is a sacred place. My heart is too precious to give to the fruits of the flesh. My heart is too precious to give it to the things of the world. My heart is too valuable to give it to anybody except Jesus Christ. Amen? And you know what, church? When we lay our lives down and we give our hearts to the Lord and we say, God, it's not worth it to give this heart to flesh. Because when somebody makes you angry, you are giving that secret place to that person. Is it really worth it? It's exhausting. Who hasn't been offended? Okay. Who has been offended? It's exhausting to look at something else and think, oh, this person really, really, seriously. And now you're even looking at me and thinking these thoughts. I know you're thinking you want to just take me out. I just know it. You don't have to say anything. And the poor person is just walking past because this person maybe chose God's way because it's not just the person that offends, but that your reaction can also lead to sin. So if somebody offends you, yes, that is wrong. They should not offend you. They should not hurt you, church. But your reaction to it is also wrong. Because God says, I'm giving you the blueprint for this not to destroy you. I'm giving you the blueprint that's going to take the situation and use it for my glory. When somebody hurts you, pray for them. Pray for them. Pray God's presence into their secret place. Amen? Because your secret place is? A sacred place. A sacred place that only belongs to God. Amen? It only belongs to God, church. He's your great shepherd. He wants to load you with his blessing, with his prosperity, with his gifts, with his presence. But you need to give him your secret place. Not once, not twice, every day. Every day. Make a conscious decision. When you go and eat, let the Holy Spirit fill you. Lord, Lord, as I'm eating my body, nourish my spirit. Lord, where's that Bible? Let me get something beautiful from you. When you look in the mirror, don't just look at your outward appearance. Say, God, show me what my heart looks like this morning. Ladies, when we put on lipstick, Holy Spirit, what about a makeover? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. So make a conscious decision when you look in the mirror. Say, you know what? This has taken me out Way too many times. I'm taking my heart back. You will not believe what God will do for you, church. You will not believe what the Holy Spirit will do for you. It's not worth it. When you hand over to the Holy Spirit, His anointing floods you. And it comes in. And the inpouring of the Holy Spirit is anointing. And suddenly when you start speaking to people, people start changing. People start seeing God in you. Because the world says, that's once again, back to the, to the young people, the world says, man, forgive them, cut them out, throw them away. We're finished with them. Is that not true? The Lord says, uh-uh, <laughs> pray for them. Do good, go in, go in my presence and petition their case. Can you imagine what love that is? Amen? Amen. I'm going to read you one more scripture. Ephesians 4 verse 30. Whenever you cheated... Or you're done in, pause. Our Father in the Lord teaches us this. He says, when you are cheated or you're done in, don't react. Pause and think, 
What is your heart telling you? What is your conscience telling you? What do we do when we're angry? We react. I'll sort of take you out before you can say the next sentence. He says, when you get hurt or you get disappointed, pause. Pause. Stop. Go one side and hear what God is saying in your heart. Because if this secret place is a sacred place and it belongs to God, guess what? God is going to give you the answer straight away. Amen? Amen. Last scripture, Ephesians 4 verse 30. The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Christ Jesus until you experience your full salvation. The Holy Spirit has sealed you in Christ Jesus until you've experienced your full salvation. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted His holy influence in your life. Lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity and insults. But instead be kind and affectionate towards one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? Then graciously forgive one another in the depth of Christ's love. As Christ has forgiven me, I choose to forgive you. Amen? Once we take control of our hearts, you've got control of your life. People say, how do I get control of my life? Take control of your heart. It's your secret place. It's not my secret place. It's your secret place. It belongs to you. So you take control of your secret place and make it a sacred place, a place where God loves to be with you. Can you imagine how almighty shepherd wants to be with you? He wants to look after you. He wants to lead you beside still waters. He wants to put you in green pastures. He wants to give you water from his hand. How great shepherd, right? He needs us to make sure that our secret place is okay for him. Does that make sense? What are your, what are your obstacles on your, on, your, on your runway this morning? What is there? It says here, be kind and affectionate towards one another. Be kind and affectionate with one another. The Holy Spirit does not share a heart with offense. Amen? Be kind and affectionate. It's the end of the year, church. Beautiful time to make sure your heart's okay. Amen? Because many times we get to do with family members that we don't want to be kind and affectionate to. Who, am I speaking to the right people? Suddenly Christmas is here and you're confronted with all these human beings you don't see all year. Am I right? <laughs> and you have to do Christmas, right? <laughs> and the Lord says be kind and, and affectionate, right? But you know what? The price to pay for that offense is too much. Because I have to choose God or offense. I have to choose God anger, anger, anger. I have to choose God or my disappointment. Amen? Choose wisely because it's a sacred place. Once you take control of your heart, you'll have control of your life. You want control of your life? Take control of your heart. Amen? Because your secret place is a? It's a sacred place. So when you're confronted with something, say, Lord, is it worth it to lose your presence about this? Ask yourself, Belinda, Leslie, is it worth it to, to give up this spot for an arm of flesh? Amen? That's good news, church, because God says we can have his presence. We can have it. He's ready for you. He wants to be with you. 
He wants to spend time with you. He loves you. The fact that he's interceding for you right now, saying, Lord, God, this beautiful decker, please look at her through my blood. Please, Lord, beautiful Christy, when you look at her, look at her through my precious blood. There's nothing more I could pay for Christy than my blood. He's continually interceding for us. Not periodically. <laughs> continually. When I'm sleeping, he's interceding for me. When I'm awake, he's interceding for me. When I do good, he's interceding for me. When I do evil, he's interceding for me. When I get offended, he's interceding for me. He's saying, Jesus, please, God, Lord, let my blood speak for her now, please. She's offended again, Lord. <laughs> I'm just making up my translation, okay? It's not in the Bible, all right? But he's interceding for us. The fact that he takes the time to sit at the Father's right hand, at the God's right hand and intercede for you, should be enough for you to get this right. Amen? Young people, stand up and be young warriors for God. God has called each and every one of you to change a situation, to change a person, to bring hope, to bring life. But the devil makes it that oh, young people, oh, they all go through rebellion and they all just end up in, they first don't serve the Lord and then they first hit their heads and then they come back and then they serve the Lord. Nonsense. Nonsense. Where is that in the Bible? Right? At the age of 13, they knew the Torah, the Bible already. The first five books of the Bible, they'd already memorized it. And as they would read it, they would give them honey to eat because it's sweet. The Bible's sweet, right? So pick up your Bibles, young people. I promise you, your life will never be the same. Trust God with your future. You need him now more than ever. Social media, bullying, all that nonsense going on. You need God more today than you've ever needed him before. But I promise you, God is enough today than he was ever before. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, your secret place is a sacred place. Your secret place is a sacred place. Your secret place is a sacred place. Look after your secret place. Hallelujah, church. We praise God for his word. Amen. We can go on for a hundred, hundred minutes, but our minutes are over for this morning. Amen. That I want to just, I want to encourage you. If you can just take this one sentence home. Say, Belinda will look after her secret place because it's a sacred place belonging to her God, a living God, a God that's looking after her, a God that's got her future. And it doesn't matter what I face with my God, I will still love him. It doesn't matter if he doesn't give me anything, I'll still love him. It doesn't matter if, he do, if, I, if I don't get what I want, I'll still love him because he knows, he knows, he knows, he knows, he knows, he knows. And he still, but, but know also that he has got beautiful promises for you. So even if you don't give it today, maybe God's got something better in the future. Who knows? And even if he doesn't, that's not what I'm going to serve him. Amen? Now we become real Christians. You know, Matthew 23 verse 3, Jesus was speaking about the Pharisees. It says, so listen and follow what they teach, but don't do what they do. For they tell you one thing and they do another. Verse 5 says, everything they do is done for show and to be noticed by others. But, 
They want to be seen as holy. So they wear oversized prayer boxes on their arms and foreheads with scriptures inside and wear long tassels on their outer garments. Verse 27, great sorrow awaits your religious scholars and Pharisees, frauds and imposters. You are nothing more than tombs painted with fresh white coats of white paint. Tombs that look shining and beautiful on the outside, but inside are found decaying corpses full of nothing but corruption. Just go to verse 1. I'm going to show you who Jesus was talking to. Then Jesus addressed both the crowds and his disciples. God is saying this to the crowd and to the disciple. Don't adorn your outward appearance and look all pretty, yeah, but inside it's like a tomb. Amen? He was talking to the crowds and to you and I, his disciples. He said, let my presence fill that space. Don't be outside all pretty and inside all ugly. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.